0: Beloved Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, how beautiful to see the baptismal font and the bread and the wine in one service. It's not often that we have both sacraments in one service. It's an extra big celebration of the powerful faith-building work of the Spirit And also there's the preaching. Three means of strengthening our faith. Preaching, Lord's Supper, and Baptism. I hope we are all excited about this powerful work. And such an occasion must be very special for you, Brother and Sister Brosma, particularly because of your unique situation. And rightly so, for there is something very important about what we celebrate today. There's something very important about these two sacraments. For the Lord Jesus, Christ instituted them. Because on a night, when he was betrayed, he took the bread and the wine, And he told the deceased disciples and us, his church in the years to come, to eat and drink in remembrance of him. And later, after his resurrection, he gave the great commission to his disciples just before his ascension. And he instructed them to baptize. So, these sacraments were not the inventions of the disciples later on in the church. It was not a creative thought by the church, decided upon by the church on a later date. No, he was right there, our Lord. He was right there with them at that Passover meal to institute. His meal, he was right there just before his ascension to confirm his presence with and through his spirit, his new covenantal faithfulness, signified by baptism. If the Lord did not give these sacraments, the disciples would have struggled to understand his work, especially the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper are the most simple but vivid reminder of the very center of the gospel, Christ crucified. And together with the Word, the sacraments are indispensable to us to sustain our faith in our covenantal relationship with our Lord. This afternoon we deal with Lord's Day 28, and the focus is the Lord's Supper. However, I hope to show the close connection between the Lord's Supper and baptism as gifts from the Lord to us. So I preach to you the word of God about the Lord's Supper as summarized in Lord's Day 28 under the theme, bread and wine assures us of Christ's sacrifice for us. First, we look at the gracious command to take the bread and wine and second, the great commission to work with the bread and wine. Bread and wine, assures as us of, sure as of Christ's sacrifice for us. First, the gracious command to take bread and wine. Beloved, is it, is it okay to, to skip the Lord's Supper now and then? Sometimes people say, oh, the Lord's Supper, the celebration, it's good. It's a helpful custom. And we celebrate it well, at least four times a year. The dates of the Lord's Supper celebrations are generally set in the year planning of consistory. And on these dates, we are all expected to be present. And the consistory cre- keeps track of those who did and didn't attend. Well, that's been the custom for at least the past three hundred years and it doesn't have to change. It's it's a good custom. Love of the question, however, can be asked if it's a said custom, why is it then also compulsory to participate? if it's purely a custom, why not occasionally skip the Lord's Supper celebration? Or, in line of that, if it's just a custom, why should young people be eager to do public profession of faith in order to celebrate the Lord's Supper? Why would you hurry? Why would you worry? It's just a good custom. And Why can a student just wait to do public profession of faith till the day he or she feels like it? I mean, if it's a custom, you don't miss out much by missing one Lord's Supper. Oh beloved, the question is, is the Lord's Supper a custom? Similar to baptism, we are not to use this sacrament out of custom and superstition. And the same with preaching. It is not up to us what we want to do with it, or whether we want to attend to listen to the preaching. No, we should use it as intended by the Lord Jesus. Sermon preaching, Lord's Supper, baptism are instituted by the Lord. They are not just customs. They are more than that. All three of them are means of grace. They are means used by the Spirit to make believers of us and to make us live as believers. Just as medicine is used by the doctor as means to make us better. So these means of grace are used by the Spirit of God to make us believers, make us be and live like believers. This is also emphasized in the Lord's Supper form. Those who go to the table should not attend out of custom, but examine themselves. They should place themselves under the care of God, the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit in whose name, Shanae, had been baptized this afternoon. And when the Spirit had us baptized, like He did with Shanae, He promised to give us faith and strengthen that faith. He promised to strengthen us in our battle against sin to cleanse us from our sins and to daily renew our lives till we shall finally be presented without blemish among the assembly of God's elect in life eternal. Therefore, if we refuse to attend the Lord's Supper or unnecessarily wait to request access to the Lord's Supper, if we come just as we would like, with our own attitude, and whenever we come, we are essentially grieving the Holy Spirit. Then we don't place ourselves under the means of grace used by the Spirit to build and strengthen our faith. And therefore the Lord encourages us to attend fervently with joy and not out of custom. And also to pursue the important road towards this Lord's Supper, Namely, the road of catechism classes. Only in this way we obey the gracious command of Christ to remember his death. Francis, when Christ instituted the Lord's Supper, he didn't do this only for his disciples. No, he graciously instituted it for his whole New Testament church because he knew that, due to our weaknesses, We need to be strengthened continuously. And that's why the Holy Spirit, through Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, reminds the church of Jesus of His command to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Each church, in each place, should celebrate this great act of salvation. And each member should put effort in to sit at the table. Or to prepare him or herself to attend the Lord's Supper in catechism. Yes, it encourages us also when we are weak. When we are struggling with sin. When we have our doubts. When we don't see the light. The end of the tunnel of our spiritual life. And the Lord says, come, come to this table. And I will take away through that bread and wine, I will take away your doubts. I will encourage you as a weak believer. And then there's also another reason to attend the Lord's Supper. Because the Lord's Supper is an extension of our baptism. When we are baptized, the question is not, should I eventually... Celebrate the Lord's Supper. No, the opposite. When I am baptized, I have to go to the Lord's Supper. In effect, this attendance is already commanded at our baptism. For when the Spirit applies the covenant promises made at our baptism, we have no right to set those promises aside. We have no right to to hide behind our sins in order not to celebrate, or celebrate when we want to. Exactly because of our baptism, the Lord already dealt with our sins. That's what we saw this afternoon. We heard that, together with Shanae and her parents, that we are subject to all sorts of misery, even to condemnation. But we also heard We are sanctified in Christ. And we we are received into grace in Christ. And that's why there's this solid connection between baptism and Lord's Supper. God says to you and me, I will cleanse you from all your sins and forgive you all your transgressions. But I want you to celebrate this amazing work of mine. Beloved, celebrating this amazing work does not make us careless and wicked as if this all works automatically. I'm baptized. I should be okay. So let's go celebrate without thinking, without preparation. The Lord wants us to take Him serious. That means we should trust and love Him. Or to put it in this way, the Lord wants our answer on our baptism. God says to us, I've promised you a lot at your baptism. But what are you doing with those promises? How do you value those promises? I've promised to wash away your sins. But do you also want your sins? To be washed away. Beloved, in the covenant at baptism, God took the initiative. Saying, I love you. That's what he says. He said to the Shanae. I take the initiative. That's typical of baptism. It happens with us. We didn't ask to be Baptized. Shanae was brought into the church. She was unaware of God's judgment and condemnation, yet she is baptized because God started with her and with us. If she or we would choose ourselves to be baptized, if God depends on our decision, well, then His wrath would still be on us. But by his grace he acted proactively in his covenant. He made Chennai's and our parents submit us to baptism. In order that when we become adults, the Lord could also ask us, okay, you've been baptized. That's the work of my spirit through your parents. How did you perceive? How do you perceive your baptism? How about coming? To the Lord's Supper table yourself. Request access to this heavenly meal that I prepared for you. Do public profession of faith and enjoy with your heart the signs in bread and wine that speaks about my death on the cross for you and receive the proof of my love personally proclaimed to you. You see, beloved. The question is not, shall I celebrate the Lord's Supper? Or, is it okay if I miss out on the Lord's Supper now and then? No. Just follows Christ. Gracious command. And if you have sin in your life, break with it. If you have a relationship with another that is broken or dented, try everything you can to fix it, to work on it. If you consider doing public profession of faith, don't delay. The Lord wants to know where He stands, where you stand with Him. And one last thing. Don't go to the table because of your own good works. We do not come to the table to indicate that we are righteous in ourselves. Or that we are these solid believers. Now when we come, we admit our own weaknesses and sins. We don't have to feel brave or self-confident. No, sit down as a sinner who seeks the confirmation in the seal of bread and wine. And rejoice in your Lord. And beloved, we will not be deceived. For as sure as our eyes and our taste buds don't deceive us that the bread and the wine is real, so real was the body of our Lord Jesus Christ broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. And was the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ poured out for the complete forgiveness of our sins. He made complete substitutionary atonement for you and me. He took our place. And He guarantees us eternal life. And to make sure that we understand that and keep understanding this, remembering His great work, therefore God gave us this gracious command to take, eat, and drink. To celebrate. Therefore, we come to the next point, the Great Commission, to work with the bread and wine. Beloved, we receive the gracious command to take the bread and wine to celebrate the Lord's Supper in order for our faith to be strengthened. But how is our faith strengthened? Is the bread and wine working automatically? In a sort of a magic way? No. We are to work with the bread and the wine, so to speak. Just as we should work with our baptism. So, by taking these two signs, it doesn't mean we'll straight away experience a special feeling. No, we take these means in order to prepare us for the coming of the Lord. And in this sense, we come to the Lord. We come with our sins and shortcomings. We bring it to the Lord so that He will separate them from us, as we read in Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west. We bring ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord, make us receive eternal life. We work with bread and wine. And we rejoice in that eternal life, which already begins in this life. This is how we work with bread and wine. We, just, we don't just grab the bread and wine, but we take it in faith and love. We positively answer the Lord, the Lord of our baptism, saying, Lord, I am a sinner. But through the life and death of your Son, Jesus Christ, I am safe. And I know, Lord, that that will have an impact in my life. Because, Lord, when Your Spirit controls my life, I can't live a reckless life. I will experience Your Spirit cutting sin out of my life. All those Transgressions, all those shortcomings in my life, whether whether I am at school or at uni or at work, all those sins and shortcomings in my relationship with others, or the way I spend my free time, the Spirit deals with them. When we look at a movie or play a computer game which project an unchristian lifestyle and attitude, the Spirit, and that's what we plead, the Spirit works in us. He steps in to cut them out of our lives. And so bread and wine become active ingredients, so to speak, of a godly life. Because the Spirit uses these signs to remind us of the price of Jesus Christ, the price that He paid for all those sins. The Spirit uses bread and wine to strengthen us in fighting the devil, in fighting that old man in us. Yes, it gives us as parents the courage and the strength and the conviction every time we see this bread and wine, to raise our children in the fear of the Lord. So every time I see the bread and wine, every time I use it, I come closer to the Lord and I show my children who the Lord is. And as truly as those two elements become part of me, so truly do I come, become more and more part of Jesus. And, love, this is not a difficult picture to see. For when Adam and Eve, or when Adam received Eve from the Lord, he said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And now project this to Christ and His bride, which is us, according to Ephesians 5. We also become bone of His bones and flesh of His flesh. We carry, just as a woman in paradise, the same name as our bridegroom. We are Christians, named after Christ. And being a Christian is not just our identity. It is clearly signified in the Lord's Supper, when the bread and the wine, as tokens of His body and blood, become part of us. You and I, we need Christ. We need to be nourished with Him and by His Spirit to gain faith, to gain energy for a life with Him. Also for the spiritual battle that we fight. This battle makes us thirsty and hungry. The Lord knows that. And therefore, He nourishes our hungry and thirsty souls as true food to eternal life. So beloved, when we look at the Lord's Supper in this way, celebrating it can't just be a good church custom. Like baptism, we just can't do without it. We don't go to the table just because we have to or because people expect that from us. No, we go eagerly because we love Christ And need that bread and wine to be sustained in true faith with Him. And beloved, with the Lord, we never run dry spiritually. There's always bread and wine. Always His promises. Also when He asks us to battle sin and evil in our lives. So let us work with this bread and wine. And when little Shanae grows up, and gets to know the Lord, and I know it will take a while, but get to know the Lord, the Lord of her baptism, and when she joins catechism according to your promises, she too may one day sit at this table after she professed her faith, and also she will celebrate with us the great works of our Lord. Indeed, glory to God for these beautiful sacraments. Amen.